Welcome to the New Age Sage Podcast. Today's episode is with Daniel Raphael. He is an alchemist of metaphysics and a literal wizard. We talk about all things manifestation and how to call in the life you want. You're going to love it. Please leave a review if you like this episode. Thank you so much. Daniel, I want to start with manifestation because we were briefly talking about timelines, how to access different timelines. So give us a little rundown on your your knowledge on, on manifestation, how you ended up in your own experience proving it was true. Yeah, definitely. Well, I came from a background where I was suicidally depressed, autistic, had social anxiety, could barely function. So it felt like I was almost in like a mental wheelchair. I could barely do anything, right? It was like a living hell for me. Um, and so when the, when a lot of the basic functionality that other people had around me, it didn't work for me. And I started learning about the law of attraction and, and energy and I tried it out. It instantly changed my life. And, um, you know, the first time I, I tried to manifest something was, I was like, okay, I'm going to be a rock star, you know, and I wasn't a professional musician and I didn't have, uh, connections with like, you know, famous musicians or anything. And I just, I used the technique and I got really excited. I pretended like it was already done. I just believed it. And then shortly thereafter, I got invited to be part of a Vegas show with the band Cheap Trick and the Beatles Sound Engineer. And uh, I just got to play one song. And like, I didn't even play it well. So like the Beatles Sound Engineer kept getting mad at me. <laughs> it's like a legendary, you know, musician and engineer. But, you know, it just shows like I wasn't even qualified and it just like happened. I shifted to that timeline. And that was, you know, it was fun, but it was also like, okay, this is actually not what I really want. It was a little bit of my ego, but it taught me like, okay, like this is how it works. Let's what what first engineer. opened the door when you were in that state of of, of d- despair? What opened that first door yeah. for you to be like, huh, there's a no, whole new world? Well I, well, I had a dream. I, I woke up from a dream and it wasn't like a, a normal dream. And it just showed me this hill. And it said, if you go to this festival on mm. this date at this time, your life will change forever. And I was so, I had so much social anxiety. I was so scared to do it, but I decided to just take the leap. And it was a pretty traumatic experience. It was like tens of thousands of people. I was like freaking out. My nervous system was just shaking and, uh, it was not fun. And I forgot about this dream until me and my friend were leaving. Uh, and then all of a sudden I saw this man with a sign that said free energy healing. And I said, I gotta, I gotta try this out. And in five minutes just blew me open into a whole different dimension. And that's what started my spiritual journey. That, what was the exact thing he was doing to you? Was it just like a guided uh, meditation? He didn't really, he, he just told me to close my eyes and he started just like, toning and moving his energy and just doing like a qigong energy and starting to walk back and as he was walking back it was like my awareness just spread from this little nervous boy to like whoa i could feel everything and then it felt like i just opened back up to the world it felt like everything was fake until that moment where it just reconnected again so that moment you felt like who i am now is not the end goal there's so many different pieces of me or timelines i can take to go somewhere that was the first realization. Yeah, it really, it really opened me to the possibilities of that. And that's what I started learning energy healings and went to India, went all over the world, the jungle. And that uh, was a pretty wild journey. 15 years around the world. Shoot. Well, back, I want to hear about, all about that, but back to the manifestation parts. Okay, you went from trying to manifest a rock star. Yeah. Well, from the ego, it didn't, didn't feel great. What was, ne- what was the next? Yeah, it didn't work out too well, made? but it, it worked. Yeah. It, it taught but me a lot. Why do you think it worked? Uh, because you don't have to manifest from your soul to make it work. The universe is going to reflect things back to you with your vibration. It could be negative, it could be positive, but it's still working for you because it's, it's just a mirror showing you like, okay, this is the seed in which, you know, whatever seed you plant, you'll get that, that tree. And so I started 
refining it over the years, it's like, what does my soul really want? And, and how can we make that really pure? And that's when things got a lot more beautiful. Right? How can we recognize that, right? I think so much for manifestation, it does come from the ego, right? Like it just yeah. fame, you know, attention, validation. What can people actually do to recognize what's what their higher self wants versus what their, their ego actually desires? What's that process like? Totally. Well, it's, it's just awareness. It's really realizing we've been programmed to think we want a lot of things. Like we watch a commercial about, you know, a burger. It's not really good for us. Um, and so there's a lot of these unfulfilled like holes or hungry ghosts inside of us that we want to start loving. Because if we start just doing all these manifestation rituals blindly, it's just going to reflect back more scarcity, right? Even if you're like, oh, I'm going to manifest a partner, but you haven't done the inner work, then it's going to, you know, after the honeymoon phase, you're going to see all this stuff that's going to be really intense. And it's fine. Like you, you can learn that way. But the more you proactively like feel like, is this coming from fear or love? Is this coming from scarcity or is this coming from wholeness? Mm-hmm. And the more we manifest from that place of wholeness, the more beautiful the world we co-create. For sure. In your first mention of the, the rock thing, I think you mentioned a key part of it was you fully believed it. Like it, it was there. You know, that has to be core ingredient manifestation. But in that, how do you teach people you're helping that to to believe where they're going, but also not shame themselves where they are now? I think that's a key mm-hmm. problem I, I see manifestation, my experience, right? Like, mm-hmm really believe and need to be there. But then where I actually was now, I couldn't handle it. I couldn't believe it because so f- fixed it in that. But I, w- I was here right now. And it created a split between me of like the person I was now and the person I needed to be. Mm. I couldn't reconcile that. So how can we avoid that in, in manifestation? Yeah, it's, it's actually, there's a difference between attaching to something and just holding the faith that it's already done. Uh, and that's adopting the divine perspective. And so the divine perspective is that this moment is perfect and your wish will manifest as long as you don't get in the way of it. And so it's just holding, holding that trust of just the knowing that you're good right now. And like with that love and the, and the knowing that life will unfold perfectly. What's blocking us from holding that faith? Most of us. The attachment to uh, the false identity. It's the stories that we think we're not good enough. We don't deserve it. Or I have to sacrifice myself and not be fully authentic to get some breadcrumb of love, for example, then you're going to manifest someone, you know, that's a narcissist or whatever. And people then demonize that person, but they've just been traumatized too. And they're just the other side of the coin reflecting to you how your beliefs are playing out in real time. And so that's why when we really hold the divine perspective, we see that everyone's an angel. Doesn't mean you have to put up with negative behavior or anything. Sometimes you, you just block it and move on, but it's still like showing you something that you need to see so that you can go deeper within and love yourself more and actually vibrate at who you really are. So let's make an example where people would follow kind of like a blueprint. So let's say someone trying to manifest a, a new house, new amazing house. Yeah. What would you tell a person to do? Yeah. So I would uh, first just focus on the feeling like, what is this house going to make you feel like, right? It's going to maybe support a new identity where you're loving yourself, you're respecting yourself, where you feel more abundant. And then just use your intuition to tune into all the little things. You know, I make this joke, like my last house I manifested, I was like, I want a secret library room. I want a moat, just like a castle. And then I manifested, there's a moat, but I forgot to add the the bridge. And so like probably 20 cars got screwed up (laughs) just trying to cross over this little moat that was just there at the house that I couldn't fix. So it's like, you know, be specific and like, make sure you include the things 
because a lot of people, they do this for partners too. And um, they don't believe they can ask for everything. And then they're like, oh, I forgot to say that, ask that they're like 100% loyal or listen to me, you know? So anyway, so you make that list of parameters and you, you're very specific with it, but you want to detach from an actual form. So like, let's say there's a house that you see that you're like, I really want this house. You can try to manifest it, but there can be negative repercussions. You know, there's stories of like, you know, people doing this and then the person that's living in the house dies and then they get the house. But because you have an attachment to it, then you're uh, influencing other people's reality. And so the high magic is when you let the divine decide, you let the universe decide. And you could say, I want a house like this or better, or, you know, a person like this or, or better. And that way you're not trying to influence or manipulate the external reality. Instead, you're just holding something within and it creates the best possible scenario without any like karmic or negative repercussions. And then you, uh, there's, you know, a whole system I, I teach, you know, there's rituals and things you can do to amplify it. But essentially, you just get into this state of rapture, like let yourself feel it and believe it until you're just like, it's done. And one way to do that is your why. It's like, why do you want this house? You know, and when you stack your why's, it's like, okay, because I deserve to no longer have crazy neighbors next to me. And so I can be more creative and finally live my purpose, whatever, right? Uh, have friends over that I love, etc. So uh, once you stack those why's, and there's no more wobble, meaning you just like, oh, this is happening, right? You're fully in. That's what you need to get to 100%. And then you surrender. And then you listen to your intuition. You hold that faith and things are just going to start moving around you. You might have a feeling to check Airbnb or go to the park and you meet someone and that's the surrender. And so when you when you balance those different qualities, that's the, the sweet spot. Wait, where does action come in? Like, I think what's the line between kind of waiting for divine intervention and then yeah. over overdoing like the chasing it. So what's that line like? Yeah. What do you recommend? It's just about energy. So surrender, you don't, you don't really trust and surrender if you don't take action. Cause mm-hmm. you could say like, Oh, I trust, but you know, the intuition is telling you to call this person you're scared to. Right. So the surrender is actually taking the action. It's not just doing nothing. Um, and it's from the right place. So are, are you doing it because you feel pressure and you feel afraid that's planting a seed of scarcity. That's not going to get you the perfect house. Or maybe you need to meditate first or do a float tank and get back in your center and then be like, okay, this is what my intuition is telling me to do is to call this person to go here. So it's just getting in the right state first. That's the, the number one thing I think people need to remember right now because the energy, you know, like they talked in ancient scriptures, that's the seed that you put in. That's what's going to manifest the outcome. And most people are still manifesting from scarcity. So it's important to not rush into trying a, a little ritual or whatever way more important. You don't even need a ritual. You know, this can, you know, help, but it's way more important just to be in the right vibration because that's what's going to reflect back every time. And when you don't do the inner work, even if you're trying for years to manifest whatever it is, if you're holding on to these negative imprints, it still has to manifest because it's it's just how reality works. I think it's the cause of a lot of severe depression. In my it taught me at a young age when I was like 13, 14, I didn't have many friends i had no female attention yeah got terrible grades was miserable was overweight yeah but then i was like um you know one day when i'm in college i'm going to, go to the best college of all the girls the best grades in that moment i was like it's all be fine i'll get there i believed it and i got there i was one of the best colleges best grades had all the girls i wanted but i felt utterly miserable that was the first reality for me being like huh everything i asked for came true because i believed in it but the place I called it in from was so desperate and scarce that once that moment came, I felt miserable. I think that's a common pattern for most people. That's why you see billionaires 
with so much money and just they just feel terrible. They can't they can't stop. So how how do people avoid that that trap that that happens to so many of us to finally mm-hmm. get what we asked for, but then still feel so hungry? Totally. How can we? How, I think it's such a rare thing to society to get the manifestation and feel fed and appreciate it and not want the next thing. How do we do that? That's a great question. Well, you know, manifestation is kind of like a carrot that I put in my in my courses because people want it, but as as I teach them that, you know, the way to really manifest is to detach. And attachment, like Buddha said, is the root of all suffering, right? Whether you want to fear and go averse from something or we're attached with desire. And it's realizing that we've just been programmed in this crazy world for hundreds of years, if not thousands, to believe that we're not good enough and that we need to, you know, this to be fed or to be validated or to be acknowledged, right? We need the nice car or we need the 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 boyfriend or girlfriend or whatever it is. So the more we can just sit with ourselves and and start letting go of the attachments, which is just through awareness, just looking at it and realizing that it's not really going to give us everything we need if we're not holding ourselves and loving ourselves or doing what we love, right? Um, the more you just look at that, it starts detaching. And part of it's also looking at your past patterns. You can learn. It's like, hey, I've already done this like 20 times and then I keep getting burnt out. It keeps not working, right? I'm attaching to something. I get it or... Right. So when you just kind of take a step back and and be more neutral, that's the key because then you fill your own void with love, which is just an it's just a perspective that you feel there's something missing. It's not really missing, but it's it's something that's unresolved. And the more you do that yourself, the easier it is to be magnetic. And then you don't even have to do anything, and people start chasing you. What, what, why is it magnetic? I, yeah. My guru always told me that when I was young, and Adam Sells nineteen, he told me. The less you need that thing you're trying to call and the more it'll like it to come to you. The more yeah. you kind of like need it and desperately like vie for it, yeah. the more it'll kind of speed up. And I was like, there's no way because I'd be, my trauma is like always overworking for something. Um, yeah. Why is that true? Why does our, our detachment de- de- and just presence actually magnetize the thing towards us? Right. You see in, in, in my metaphor for this is, is dating, right? If you're someone totally. who isn't needy, a guy who gets all the girls is the one who doesn't need them. Why is that the case? Imagine yeah. that your energy field, like there's a big chunk of it that's going out. So whenever you see a girl, you're like, she can feel like that neediness. It's like, oh, please fill this hole, mm-hmm. right? And th- that feels pressure. That feels constraining. Now, if you put that piece of you back within and love that part of you, now she feels safe. She's like, oh, this is someone that's loving themselves. They can love me. I can really land with this person. It's more attractive. It's more magnetic. And this doesn't have to be just with people, right? It's, it's with money. It's with everything because the more of you is in your body, meaning you're integrated and whole, the more that you, you, you go from repelling energy to pulling in because now like equals like, like if you're loving a part of yourself, like more love will come to you because you're vibrating that. If you don't feel good enough and you're saying, I need this, you're saying, I don't have it. And so that's the energy of, I don't have it. I don't have it. That's what you're actually broadcasting out. Yeah. And so that's why people that, you know, with money, with, with anything really, like they're just stuck in this, this loop and they just need to bring awareness to it and sit with it. Yeah, I feel like where there's a need, there's a lack in your system. How do we give ourselves that nourishment to overcome that lack? Exactly. And, and a lot of people have been programmed with language too, language of slavery. They're like, oh, I need to call this person. And, you know, you, you look at royalty or, or people that are conscious, they're like, they never say that word. It's like, you just decide the moment, like, they don't say the, I'll word, call the this word need. They don't say the word. Yeah. Need. Like, okay. they're like, I'm, I'm calling this person or you call this person. Mm-hmm. Right. But I need to call this person. It's like, you haven't even decided yet. You haven't made a decision and you're giving yourself a chore 
and you're, you're separating yourself from it because it, it's like you're fighting. It's like a part of you is like, I should do this. And a part of you is like, maybe you're feeling resistance and, and you're just like driving with the brakes on. So be, being decisive is the key. It's people forgot how to do that. You know, just it does, you don't need to have it in the bank account to be like, I'm creating this studio or whatever it is, right? You just need to be decisive because that's how reality works. And only when you're bold and decisive, the universe is like, oh, finally, you've made a decision. Now I can help you create it if you just get out of the way. Right. So what's an, what's an example of that decisiveness? If you're trying to call on something, saying, how would you phrase it in your mind? Are you speaking it out? How do you actually phrase that decisiveness? Yeah. Well, what's something you want to manifest? Uh, more listeners. Okay. <laughs> podcast. So you could say, you know, you could use your intuition. You could say, okay, by this time next year, I have a million monthly downloads, right? Mm-hmm. Or whatever, whatever feels good for you. So, you know, I like to balance it with, with intuition. It's like, okay, what's my max capacity at this time? And then what do I get to do and who do I get to be to get there, right? If you want to do it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, or it could just be like, how can I do the maximum amount of impact for the maximum amount of people, right? So it doesn't have to be a number, but it's just then you're, you're boldly just claiming it like it's already done because you've decided that you're going to do what it takes for you to be that person, right? Out mm-hmm. of love, out of care. Yeah. How do we overcome yeah. the, the, the doubt, right? I think... What I struggle with and talking to people they also struggle with is that I, I do, I think my thing that helped me is I saw my future on, on DMT. Yeah. I saw the whole thing. I saw mm. like everything that happened, like just like bang. Epic. So I've seen it, yeah. but still my human self, mm-hmm. when it's not here in this present moment, the, my, the shadow of doubt will start, will start creeping in my mind. Yeah. And a lot of people I know who are, who have had similar experience or do believe something, they'll still experience doubt in their mind, such as let's say, you know, if you're trying to get, I don't know, like, a new salary and then your current salary isn't, isn't meeting that and then your mind goes into just like stuck stuck in this moment of like i'll never get there and stuff like that totally how do you overcome that voice of doubt so moment? it's it's not overcoming it because doubt is an illusion you know yeah. they talked about this in the kabbalah and different ancient texts you know you can call it the devil you can call it the great adversary uh it's it's just the opponent that's continuously showing you your own vulnerabilities mm. and it's you know thoughts our illusion, right? So people, you try to overcome something, you're giving it energy because you're trying to fight it, right? You feed it what you resist persists. So it's more about taking a step back and just staying neutral, right? Just being like, oh, interesting. This is curious. This thought's coming up. I'm feeling it right here. This is bringing up a story of when I feel like I failed when I was 20, right? So you just start observing it and, and create more awareness. And then there's a lot of different tools you can you can do to then face your fear, face the doubt, and realize it's an illusion, and like lean into it instead of trying to to fight it because that's going to give it power and 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 actually say that you are real and make it real. Um, if you feed it long enough, right, it will manifest somehow because mm-hmm. whatever you believe, you'll you'll be proven right either way. Yeah. So that's what I I teach in my school is really that you know it's the doubt and, and this false identity. It's about how do you interface with it and how do you stop manifesting from that place because your subconscious is so powerful and start creating more space to, to be your true self and like hold that awareness mm-hmm. throughout the day. And that means, you know, relationships need to treat you different. Maybe the food you're eating is different. The music you're listening to, right? Your daily practice, the more and more you can just remember who you are and stay awake and stabilize that, then it's going to be now once in a while, it's like a little mosquito instead of like trying to climb the Himalayan yeah. mountains, right? Yeah. Because you have that momentum again, you know. Hearing that, you're probably talking about just letting your, your higher self take over yeah. a lot of the time. It was a UFC fight. 
on, on Saturday in the winter and I asked him, how'd you do it? He said, I breathed. I, I, I kind of spaced out. I let my higher self take over. And he landed a knockout. So how, are you, how do we do that in, in, in reality? How do we take a step back and allow our highest, highest expression of self to kind of guide us and take over? Yeah. Well, I think the first step, you know, I, I trained with this woman who literally had superpowers. She could like materialize things out of thin air. Would, give me an example. She had hundreds of potions and elixirs and honey and like diamonds and gold, like everything. But she was so in integrity. She's like, I can't sell any of this. Like, I'm just, it's for healing, you know, if you need it for healing. She just like, like do something and diamonds would appear? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All the time. She had, she it was, and like, she, I would put one in my hand and my whole body would like have a convulsion. I, I took a spoon of this honey and it was like a DMT trip. Like instantly it touched my lips and I was like, <laughs> for like 10 minutes. I was like, okay, this is a real deal. Um, and she knew, she knew my deepest secrets when she met me, like that no one knew. Mm. So she said the first rule of materialization is to stay at 12 o'clock. So that means like, imagine a clock, you're just staying neutral. So you're not letting yourself become a puppet to your desire or aversion. Right. So, you know, every time we give someone our power, it's like, oh, even if it's a lover, it's like, okay, we feel so high when they're loving us. We feel so down if they withdraw, right? Yeah. So we, we don't want to attach to, to those things. That can actually help you go even deeper into love, right? Because now you're free and you can come from unconditional love. So the more that you detach and just stay in the center, and that doesn't mean don't get triggered. Like triggers are good. It's just feel the trigger, but don't let yourself get out of that center, right? Yeah, and start observe. freaking out. Just observe, observe feel, yeah. right? And the more you do that, you start dissolving these attachments, these karmic layers, and then that's when the magic happens. It's really, it's really incredible because when you're neutral, you, you gain that awareness. Now you can pull through so much more of your higher self, mm-hmm. your intuition, you, just the miracles that happen because yeah. you're not pulled by all these lower things. And then you have access. You're just like, oh, okay. Now you're, you have clearance, you know, clearance level for this higher magic. You mentioned earlier kind of that a lot of the language we use is affecting our ability to materialize things or even to be sane human beings. You mentioned the word need. We use the word need a lot. What other words or phrases people in Western society use that keep us kind of fucked, basically? Yeah, definitely. I mean, the whole, you know, one of them is the language of death. You know, it's like, look at all this. Oh, that's wicked. Oh, that's sick. Killer. What's the deadline? You know, all these things you're, you're saying being sick is good. Being wicked is good. Being right. That's what you're saying subconsciously. You're like, oh no, it's just a metaphor, but when your subconscious is, you know, it's, it connects the dots, right? So, you know, stop using all these words that, you know, <laughs> these people have created to keep you small and, and use words that are more conscious, um, is a big part of it in general. And, you know, just like need, it's like the word should or things where you're, you're creating pressure on yourself or treating yourself like a slave when you create your own reality. So it's just claiming it, right? If you don't know yet, tune in and then wait. And then once you know, just, claim it. And, uh, you know, another one is, is not projecting, like taking full responsibility for your reality. No one can ruin your life. No one can make you a victim, right? It's about really how you deal with it, you know? And I've, I've went through so much crazy abuse and just the craziest stories of near death so many times. And now I can say like, no, that actually, that was actually my path, what I needed for my mission here today. What did you see in your near death experiences? Uh, well, basically what, I was just, you know, one of them, I was just like terrified, you know, I felt like, oh my God, I'm about to die. And like, I didn't live my mission and like, I'd, all these things came up and I was just, uh, what, what it showed me, this was years ago. 
I finally then just like prayed and, and prayed to God. And then I heard a voice and it like calmed me down instantly and then brought me out. And so it was just showing me how, even though I was on the spiritual path, I wasn't like truly deeply connected to God. And, uh, that was perfectly needed for me to get the necessary pressure to finally like actually go there, you know? So I feel like it was all part of the plan as usual. Let's go, yeah. go a little bit into your, I'm curious about your education, yeah. right? You said you, you get the title of a wizard. What does it take <laughs> someone to get educated to become a wizard or to, to understand yeah. these things you do, you know, cause you know, in, in standard society, it's you become a lawyer, you go to law school. So what, what was your school of edu education to become the wizard? Yeah, well, I think we're all wizards and it's just dormant in a lot of us. But mm -hmm. essentially, uh, I spent 15 years around the world and I started with some simple things like learning Reiki, becoming a Reiki master in year one, to then, you know, going to the jungles, living with tribes, doing many different what ceremonies. What was that like? I want, I want to hear each, each <laughs> Yeah, I got it. What, what, what I, were the tribes like? How did what it teach you? Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I went to the Amazon a couple of times and did a lot of ceremonies with with tribes uh and the main uh uh tradition i studied with was with the buiti which is from africa and that was uh around nine months i lived with an african shaman which was pretty wild and i learned a lot uh he definitely harnessed the uh that decisive power and you know like in my first ceremony i was with another woman that she was so sick like i didn't even talk to her before the ceremony i was just she was just there i was going through my own journey and then after about a couple hours, my depression felt like it was cured. I went there because I was depressed uh, after trying everything. And then it just like blew my mind, like nothing else. And then- What do you think lifted it? Just like energetic? Well, it showed me, it was like a video game and it was showing me like how I had all these thoughts and then there was like a doubt and it was like a Pac-Man, like a virus being like, you can't do this, you're not good enough. And it just showed me how to disidentify with it. It just showed me like a window opening and just be like, it's not real, just keep, and I just kept doing that over and over again until it just like created this opening. And I just broke out of this whole web of, of things I thought was wrong with me, you know, which was why I was depressed. Mm -hmm. So, uh, once I did that, I told the shaman like, Hey, I, I'm not depressed anymore. And he said, good. Now go into her body and tell me what's going on with her <laughs> instantly. And I was like, he was not phased at all. He's like, sees this all the time. And I was like, how do I go inside her body? And he said, don't ask how, just do it. And then pff, all of a sudden I was there and I could see like, millions of pieces of information not only like every vein and capillary in her body and what was going on but uh how it started when she was in high school because two girls yelled at her and the programming and the beliefs and the accumulation and how it would heal all at the same time like holographically and i start channeling it and it was 100 percent accurate she was blown away this woman and uh i didn't know that i could do that and then i realized i could do that without taking medicine which is great because i don't want to rely on a substance uh and then that became really big part of my career is being able to tune into people's timelines and more importantly, to help guide them to transform it and free themselves and, and connect with their dreams and their soul um, through a process similar to that in some ways, guiding them through that video game, but without needing to take substances. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So African Sean, what was next? What was the next piece of your, your uh, education? Yeah. I mean, it, it went all over the place. I think a lot of it too, was just hanging out. Then it kind of started hanging out with, uh, really powerful entrepreneurs and, and billionaires. And I was their coach, but really quickly, like I realized that even though I had this freak gift, there's so many areas of my human life that were amiss. And so they quickly became my friends and started coaching me. And I learned from them and they were all spiritual in different degrees. So I learned, you know, about manifestation more from them and relationships and like just good qualities to have 
in a successful person. Um, so it was really cool because I got to go from all these different traditions, you know, from India to ancient hermetics to, you know, the top entrepreneurs in the world and just get a really diverse set of, of codes and seeing how they were all interrelated is my favorite part. What do the entrepreneurs teach you? Uh, you know, one of them actually taught me the, the manifestation formula I use today. So it's kind of an, an addition to it. Um, you know, like I said about stacking those whys and getting really clear and then you surrender the, the how, right? You surrender the, the who. You just decide on, on the why and the what, right? And that's the, the masculine. Be super decisive and clear and precise. And then you surrender the rest, right? And that's the key, the balance of the masculine and feminine. So that really was a game changer for me. What does that balance look like? It's just, it, it, it's that, hearing you out, in my understanding, make sure I get it right, is that the first step is having that masculine assertion like this will happen, I'm claiming it. And the feminine yeah. is more so just being like, all right, you know, I'm going to surrender to whatever the higher plan. Yeah, you surrender is. the how, right? So, because yeah. that's where people get caught up in the doubt. It's like, well, how am I going to afford it? Like, how am I going to meet this person? Like, how am I going to do this when this happened in the past? And all that stuff, your mind is trying to extrapolate your old self and limitations into the future. Yeah. And so when you remember that, when you face doubt, you're like, nope, this is actually not forever. Like that's the old story. Yeah. It's no longer relevant. Yeah. Right. What do you say to some of the religious people or deniers of manifestation who argue that, you know, who am I to claim what I want when God ultimately knows everything? You hear the argument, like, what do you say to yeah. them? Why, why is it important for us to co-create? Why isn't it just, just walking around and seeing what, what happens? Yeah. I mean, there's different religions, for example, Christianity for people in the Christian faith, I would say, uh, a lot of your, your Bible has been, uh, hidden from you mm. in 300, uh, early 300s AD. Emperor Constantine took off many different books of the Bible that actually give you an exact protocol on how to manifest and how to pray. So in the Bible today, you, you still have the, the little piece of like asking you shall receive, but it doesn't tell you how to do that. But before they took it out, it says, make your heart and mind one. So, you know, your heart is magnetic and your mind is electric. So you need and envelop yourself in your desires and be one with them. And then know that it is already done when you ask. And so it's, it's telling you like exactly how to do it and create an electromagnetic signal and visualize it and feel it at the same time and know that it's done. And that's how you manifest anything. And he's, you know, Christ is telling you, this is how you do it. You're meant to do it. Um, I'm just an inspiration to you. And so what they've done is they say, okay, this is just one man. You can never be like him, you know, and, you know, don't, don't ask for anything. Like the world is a bad place, but I, I believe that that's not true. I believe that the world has dark and light, but it's also made by the divine and that, you know, we don't, we're not meant to just push away this entire life and all the lessons and gifts that it holds when God brought us here for a reason and that by embracing it and finding the balance between you know the terrestrial and celestial realms that's really the key and that's what a lot of ancient textbooks have said is actually finding the balance mm. you know not just doing too materialist but also not just dissociating and like taking psychedelics every day and forgetting your body forgetting right it's finding the balance between embracing both realms why did the divine create the dark you think the divine created the dark because um as souls it's it without the darkness we wouldn't have free will we wouldn't have I, contrast I, I agree yeah I'm, yeah i'm just curious totally yeah so well, if, if everything was already, uh, light and like, we wouldn't have challenges. We wouldn't get to know we, like risks and who we really are by saying, Hey, like your body could die right now. Are you going to stand up for the truth or are you going to just, you know what I mean? So it's an opportunity for you to learn about yourself in reality 
and to choose the good by seeing the contrast and to see the, the contrast of who you are not. So it's like a gym trainer. It's like, you know, you, you need weights to get stronger at the gym. So I don't see the darkness as like, oh, it shouldn't, it shouldn't be here because it's just, it's, it's not in the whole universe, right? In, in this realm, it's about, you know, equal at this time, right? The light and the dark. And so it's, it's really just, uh, I say life is a school and love is the lesson. Right. So it, it helps us to love more and to do the right thing and to grow souls. Yes. The darkness feeds the light ultimately. Yeah. It's, it's the absence of light so that you can be the light. So you can see the light and you can create more light and have a mission. Yeah. I'm, I, I do a good job of in my own ecosystem internally having that belief when it happens outside of me. Yeah. I don't have that same skill. So how do you, how do you do that for yourself? Like you recognize all the agendas and fucked up things going on right now in the world, the matrix, all that kind of stuff. How do you have that same perspective for that kind of side of things? In terms of all the stuff going on in the world? Yeah, yeah. And not, yeah. not kind of get like, oh, super frustrated or... I think it's not about getting... I still get frustrated mm-hmm. once in a while, yeah. you know? Um, and so I'm I'm still growing in it and learning, you know? But I think that frustration is part of the alchemy where like that's going to get you to build a studio or to make your movie or to speak a message out. So I feel like it's not about pushing away the feelings that arise, yeah. but more like using them as fuel for your art and for your mission. Yeah. That's a... I've noticed that kind of when I have a temper tantrum internally, yeah. kind of me being like, everything I'm doing now isn't working. Like somehow like I have to ask for, for some guidance or claim something that'll take me take me to a new level from this. So mm. what are certain ways you view neg- negative emotions to alchemize them? So how, how, do, how do we actually alchemize anxiety, for example? Like what, what's, the, mm-hmm. what's, what's anxiety helping us or, or trying to get us to do? Yeah, well, anxiety is usually an echo of the past. You might feel like, oh, I'm anxious to go on this date, but it's really just trying to protect you from the time where you felt rejected when you were five. Right. And so a lot of times people are superficially just trying to control an echo of the past as they're going on a date, which creates more anxiety because control, right. Is fear. Uh, or you can just breathe into it and hold that part of you and say like, Hey, why, why are you scared? And it might bring you a memory of when you were five, for example. Right. So you find the root of the anxiety, which you can ask right away. People forget this. It's like you can command your subconscious to give you any information. It's like, where did I leave my phone? Right. And if you're decisive and then you listen, it works. Right. And so when you find the root of it, you can change the memory because the only present moment is now. So you can change the memory of when you were abused and go back in time, bring in your angel, go back yourself, say what you didn't say Mm -hmm. and change it, protect yourself. And, you know, rarely you actually have a physical manifestation. Like sometimes people's picture changes. Or like driver license is pretty crazy, but usually it's just more of an energetic thing. Do an example in yourself, other people have used, uh, used that method. One of, this girl I know, like she showed me, um, yeah, her I believe it's her driver's license. Like the, the picture changed after she did an inner child healing. So it's it's pretty interesting. I never heard that take. My mind's kind of <laughs> kind of blown. It's right pretty crazy. I mean, I know so, you know so one of example, my teachers. Let, let's say um, I'm trying to think of an example for for me. So what I'm, so my wounding is that yeah. the cooler girls when I was like ten or eleven would call me fat, and disgusting when I when I was yeah. in. in in school and that has a serious effect on me still i still have something to prove to kind of like attractive woman i have a history of being mm-hmm. like a playboy all that kind of stuff just to overcome that how would i guide myself to go to that moment to correct the memory or someone in the same situation as me how yeah. would you, you do that how does it actually change my reality right now i could tell you how to do it or we could do it right we, now we can do it yeah let's do yeah. it yeah all right let's do it you want to close your eyes for sure. a couple minutes sure hey there I'm going to give you a break to digest all of this amazing information. 
And in this break, if you like what you're listening to, please rate and review the podcast. Thank you. Just see if you can relax your jaw, relax your body, and just take a deep breath in through the nose and just exhale through the mouth. Start to just relax yourself and we're going to just shine a divine light to find the root of this imprint of needing to prove yourself. And just see if there's a memory that pops up. It could be what you just shared or something else. So where do you feel that tension in your body the most? Here. Okay, perfect. And let's ask, like, when did this start? And see if you get a memory. Yeah, myself internally. Okay, I got it. Got it? Okay. So just in a few words, tell me, like, where are you right now? My house in, in London where I grew up. And what just happened? Um, my mom left in a in an angry ruckus. And what meaning did that create about yourself? That wasn't worthy of her love. Okay, perfect. You found it. So just take a deep breath, and we're going to go back there together. And I want you to just give that younger boy a big hug, and I want you to remind him of the truth. Is that actually true what you said, or is it something else? What do you want to tell him? To say internally, or speak. Uh, you can say it out loud. You are enough. You've always been enough. Trust that you're enough. Hold that. I'm here for you. I love you. I'm, I'm always with you if you need any guidance. Beautiful. Let's take a deep breath. Give him a hug. And let's just see how does he respond. See if he needs anything else. He's good. He's confusion. He's confused, but he's good. Okay. So just ask him, like, what are you still confused about? He just doesn't really know what to do. In those moments where he feels like she's that he's not worthy of love. Okay, so let's remind him. So you just say that I'm here now to remind you, to hold you, that this has nothing to do with you, right? Your mom never took a class like this, right? Her parents didn't. She was overwhelmed with her emotions. And when people are overwhelmed, they don't know how to take care of other people. They, they're not resourced. So you don't have to take that on anymore. And you can just hold yourself. So I want you to show him just giving himself a hug and just breathing in that golden energy and teaching him to say, I love you. Nothing is wrong. There's nothing wrong with you. And just take a deep breath and just kind of wipe off that energy from your mom. Kind of like take it off your throat, your heart. <laughs> Use your hands to just brush it off. Yeah, and the little boy's doing that. And how does he feel now? He's good. He's happy. There you go. So I want you to imagine like that moment you take his hand throughout your life now and you're just there every moment he needs support and forgets you remind him just like you did mm. and you're changing the whole timeline and just take a deep breath and just release all that energy that whole story and now there's nothing to prove because you've got it inside you're re- you're just reminding yourself and I want you to imagine just coming to this present moment you meet the beautiful queen the beautiful love of your life and because you're holding yourself, she's holding you. She's doesn't need you to prove anything because she doesn't need that. She's awake. She can feel you. And just take a breath into that and just see if you can receive that love. Mm-hmm. Awesome. So that was a little quick, uh, quick example. We can go a lot deeper, but you know, these little things like that can really make a difference. Yeah, I can. I don't know what you're doing like energetically, but I can feel like some kind of. I don't know what it was. It was like this. Yeah. You're shifting the timelines, right? All yeah. the, the I, like I wasn't really here. I was like kind of like just in some space. I felt like I was kind of moving around a bit. 
Well, part of your soul was was stuck in yeah. that memory and in that timeline. And so every time we do that, we're like recapitulating, we're getting yeah. back. So you had to go there to kind of reconnect with it, right? Well, thank you for that. Yeah, Appreciate anytime. It. So when you can do that anytime you have a trigger from childhood. You can do from anything. It's usually it. based in childhood okay. or sometimes a past life. Okay. All right. So so if, let's use an example. So if someone has abandonment issues. Yeah. Right. Which is me. <laughs> and um, they're seeing someone new and they yeah. feel that wound come up. Yeah. It's an invitation to do that exercise to go back to that moment where they felt that that key wounding release. Totally. And, and guide that person back then. You can either go back to memory or you can just talk to that part of you now. Like it could be the five-year-old, it could be the teenager and just ask what it needs. Have a conversation and reassure it. And sometimes you might have to do the same thing multiple times, uh, but it's kind of like working out, right? Sometimes you just, you learn how to really hold that part of you until it learns to relax. And what happens when you do that is you manifest a completely different reality because what you realize is your subconscious, which is these parts of your psyche that are not integrated, they're, when you get triggered, they start taking the car and driving it. And you can call it self-sabotage or whatever. But it's like when we learn to hold it and be like, hey, I'm listening to you, but daddy's driving, right? Mm -hmm. You're not going to drive the car right now. You stay neutral. That's when you break the cycle. And that's when you manifest at a whole new level. How do we get to the driver's seat? Well, you're already at the driver's seat. You just sometimes forget. Yeah. Like for me, it's it's gotten better. But like, for example, if there are certain triggers I've cleared, some are still there. I notice is that I mean, it's the way trauma works is that when the trigger comes, your mind will reflect the trigger. So your thoughts that come out that reflect the wounding from that point back then, all the same mm -hmm. thoughts. So right now I can I can observe them and not like hold on or react and pull another thread to get through them. Yeah. But I still can't like just like, you know, just just drive through. You know what I mean? So mm -hmm. what is that? You know what I mean? Like how, how do we get to the place where we can just kind of hear those those sounds and just, just kind of dr drive through anyway instead of just like being frozen? Totally, totally. Well, the freeze response is 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 normal, right? And uh, it's it's something to be patient with because part of it is just continuing to do the inner work. So you're you're clearing the imprint. So when when you do get triggered, it's a lot easier to move through it. But it's also sometimes like, hey, I'm I'm in a frozen state right now. Like if you're in a relationship or a friend, yeah. and then like they know what to do. Be like, hey, sometimes I get into the state, and I'm not going to ask for cuddles, but what I just want you to just hold me, you know. Like whatever, and you know that's going to help you, and that's okay because it's not about just doing it yourself. Sometimes it's it's about being in community because we have these traumas from being in this literally insane world, right? And and it's just the more like you're doing now, you're just being vulnerable and, and sharing it. It's you're already getting your power back, you know. So what we did a few minutes ago, you got a piece of your power back, and like every time you do that, you have more energy to break through the old patterns. What are so, some of the key ways you think our culture is insane? It's managing, uh, destroying us. Um, I don't, I don't think it's destroying us as, as souls. I think it's forging us mm -hmm. into, into Jedi. Okay. Uh, but it's also, you know, I think, you know, the education system is yeah. really just, it's a slavery system and it's, you're taught a bunch of uh, oftentimes false and repetitive things to program your mind to do repetitive tasks instead of think for yourself. Yeah. Um, you know, is one example, of course, you know, the toxicity of, pretty much everything to such a degree um so you know it's it's balancing it you know it's it's uh it's time to unlearn it's time to detox it's time to reconnect with the truth and with the divine within yourself and as we do that we can we can share that more with other people do you see that right now or do you agree that right now is one of those like intense forging moments in society 
So what are we exactly what are we exactly going through right now? So you can mm. you know I'm, I've been pretty sensitive since I have a kid, and right now it feels the most intense it's been since I've been alive. For In sure. terms of that, like the space to forge or to vibrate higher is is unlike anything I've ever seen. Yeah. Why do you think that's happening right now? Yeah, because this is this is the really uh, the breaking point where uh, the world's you know we just got a taste with of COVID what happened, uh, but there's going to be an increasing scenarios like that. Um, and it's, it's not about being afraid of them because it's actually, you know, if you're listening, you're probably already doing a lot of amazing work on yourself and are equipped to handle and, and see through a lot of what's going on. Um, so it's really about just connecting deeper to your intuition and trusting that you're here for a greater purpose and yeah. that you don't have to let the fear get to you. It's about just responding with your intuition. Your intuition is always leading you in the right way. Yeah. And so it's just, it's just, that's your GPS and it's detaching from, oh, whatever happens, like being flexible, right? Because everything's changing really fast. And the more you can detach and be flexible, the more resilient you are and the more um, graceful this will, this will be for you. How are you avoiding fear? I'm assuming you have some level of psychicness where you can kind of see what's going to happen. I, I see certain stuff too, you know, global warming, you know, disasters, uh, other yeah. stuff like that. How do you see that and not fear? Yeah. Well, there's different levels of, of, you you know, the psychic, like a year before COVID happened, I did a ceremony that showed me exactly what was going to happen. And then it freaked me out a little bit. And then I asked, you know, I get a question answer. And I was like, I was like, don't worry, you're going to be fine. But most of the world's going to freak out, you know? So I was like, okay. So I remember that, you know, and, and then. That's what, I, that's what I'm always told. Same thing. Yeah. Because it's <laughs> true. So, uh, especially if you're, you're doing this line of being in this line of work of, sharing the light. So when, you know, you're trying to scan psychically for things and there's still a level of fear of like, I'm trying to protect myself or like avert it, then you're going to feel some fear when you get the answer. But the, that fear is, is not your intuition. It's still just unresolved things. So you can track it back to the past and be like, Oh, you know what? I still maybe don't fully doubt, uh, trust myself here. Or like, this was traumatizing. I need to still kind of go back there and clear it. So, you know, for me now, like that was, issue, that was debilitating to be honest uh, a few years ago. And now like, I don't even really uh, tune in anymore to that. To what? To like what, what's going to happen. Mm, why? Um, because it just doesn't feel relevant for me because I know that it's, it's kind of like you put in your GPS, like where you're going, not where you don't want to go. Yeah. So it's, it's like, I've been noticing that. In me right now, whenever I have like a, not a trigger, but kind of like a, this feeling of this doesn't seem right. I'm trying to explore. And it's one I've been, I've been thinking about right now is this over awareness and, and focus on what's next. Kind of like the doomsday mentality, like preparing for the next, you know, climate emergency or the next pandemic. Right. And these, the deep state's going to kill us all, all this stuff. And they may be right some of the time, but how, I've been more so noticing that they're kind of creating it by giving so much energy into it. So why is that perspective both in a better way just to focus on yeah. right now and healing yourself and not giving so, so much energy to these you know, potential scenarios? I'll answer this with like a, a metaphor. So I know this uh, ancient martial arts where let's say you're coming at me with a knife. Like most people are going to look at the knife because they don't want to get stabbed by it. And what do you think is going to happen? They're going to get stabbed by the knife because mm -hmm. their focus is there. But if you look at the empty space where you and the knife are not, you can see these people like they keep trying to stab you and you're just dodging it, dodging <laughs> it. They can. It's li yeah. literally like Neo. Yeah. So you, you focus on what path 
put your eyes on on your path and that's the best way to to be safe and to and to thrive beyond being safe right so it's just it's just realizing that there's a part of you right trying to drive the ship again it's a younger part of you that's afraid and instead of letting it go and like pet the crystal ball you can realize like hey is this actually what i need is this serving me or do i just need to actually take a step back and hold that part of me and like help that part feel safe do you think that'll be, that'll be a beneficial effect for the light people to not so much focus on the knife and focus on the empty space? What, what would be the effect of if most of us fighting this battle would just focus on the empty space rather than looking at the yeah. knife obsessively? What's that effect? Well, it's basically like what's the difference between a bunch of people driving without their GPS on all over the fucking place or um, being in unison on their purpose together in, in their own unique way. So, and the empty space is really just like your north node it's it's your your uh your gps of where you're meant to go so you know you might get an intuition like hey it's time to leave this place or it's time to stock up and like if you get that clearly and and, you, and the way to know that is it doesn't come with a huge fear response like if you're like oh my god i'm at, you know and you feel like this where do you usually feel fear like it's in your heart it's in your belly then you know that's a grosser sensation that's just your trauma being activated there's a difference between that and like just a knowing right it's you feel it like very subtly, but it's like, you've had it before. You're like, you, you get a message and you know it's true and it's true. That's when you know it's like, oh. So it's trusting that you'll get that yeah. when you need it. Yeah, last night, I mean, I, I kind of, on on you know internet, and I just saw all these new kind of COVID hysteria headlines come out. Yeah. And immediately my body went into, into fear. What do I do all this stuff? How do I prepare? And once I calmed down, it was just like, you don't, you're fine. Totally. You don't have to do anything. You're fine. Yeah. And for me, it was like this battle between having that anxious response and then just trusting that you're fine. I wasn't even doing anything. It was like, you're for fine. For sure. You're taking care of it. Like, you're fine. It's always that. Yeah. Much, like, you're chilling. You I know? think it's great that you caught that. And I think if you look at like the pattern of that, it might be where you decide to like take a break for a month and shift gears. You can always go back to the news. But yeah. what if you stopped giving yourself that stimuli so you could go deeper into like really course, alchemizing yeah. it? I think that would be really cool. Yeah. So a little, you know, you turn a bit, but you... Looking at some of your work, you have a, a method called dream porting. Yeah. What does that really entail? It sounds, it sounds interesting. When I saw some of it, it was yeah. super fascinating. So what, is it, what does dream porting consist of and why is it helping so many people? Yeah, well, it's basically like the system that came through me from a few years ago where I was in a dark night of the soul and I asked the question to God, like, how can I just teleport into my dream life, into a new life? Because there's so much hardship and just everything, right? Uh, just my whole life burnt down. And uh, it was a blessing in disguise. And, and that's when I learned uh, the art of timeline shifting. And uh, a part of it is actually, you know, channeling a treasure map of your future. You can actually remote view, like we just talked about, the GPS, like telling me like, okay, go here today, do this. And then you're, you're getting clues on how to navigate your life over the next month. And in a few weeks to a month, you can radically transform your level of abundance, your even your health, like all sorts of things by just listening to your higher self, because even when we're trying to change so much of those doubts or that false identity is manifesting and giving us signals that we're listening to. So the more that we can let our higher self, we really get clear, tune in and really follow that, then it's like driving with the brakes off. You know, it's like you can, you can manifest like five years worth of stuff in a month if you shift gears into that. Yeah. So I think one of the things I'm, I'm struggling with, again, it's the same thing. I've seen my future vividly. Yeah. I know what it's like. I'm doing this because I've seen it. But something's not, still not letting me kind of bring it in. Yeah. What I seem to deduct from that is that I'm not kind of 
getting the lessons I need to learn to obtain a thing. So how, how do you not bypass that, but how do I, is your method in the kind of giving yourself quicker the lessons you need to know to get that? I think totally. that the journey manifestation to me isn't, hasn't been actually getting the thing. It's been learning kind of what I'm attached to the egoistic desires on the way to the thing. Yeah. So isn't, how do we get those lessons quicker rather than having to wait years to go mm. through triggers and pain and failure to learn them? How do we access yeah. those lessons quicker so we can then get the thing? Totally. I, I think part of it is just having your daily practice where you, you journal and you, you meditate and be like, okay, like, who do I still not have unconditional love for today? And send them love or maybe send them a text, like, clear it. Mm. Who, what am I still afraid of? Right? Or what, what happened yesterday? Like you said, you know, you watch the news, you had this negative reaction. How many times does that happen a week? And then that's how you can be like, okay, it's time to actually make a new rule for myself, right? So you slowly architect based off the patterns you're seeing. You're architecting a spaceship for yourself where, okay, I'm no longer putting in these unhealthy signals and I'm putting in more of these healthy signals and I'm now driving three times faster than I was last week. And if you keep doing that, you can literally go into quantum speed here. And it's, But it's just pacing yourself because if you have a judgment like, I saw this on DMT. Like, why am I not here yet? That's also creating pressure. So yeah. it's a balance of of loving yourself and being playing it cool as you're like smartly like looking at all these things and fixing the hole in your spaceship so you yeah. can go faster. I'm curious yeah. what your take on addiction is. Like, why all, so many of us in Western society are so addicted right now? <laughs> yeah, um, we've been programmed that there's something wrong with us. We're not good enough. So it can be with psychedelics. It could be with sex. It could be with uh, TV or just daydreaming. You know, it doesn't have to be a substance, but it's just trying to numb or dissociate or escape from so much overwhelming feelings and traumas that we've had. We also just had a traumatic life. We live, you know, raised in America or, or most of the world uh, in this day or time. So um, it's it's normal to be addicted to stuff. It's time to like take the stigma off it and, and just be like, it's normal to ha- try to cope with the craziness of this world, right? So as you take the shame off of it and just go to the core, it's like, what am I trying to escape from? And, and face it and get support with that, right? And you'll see that it's really, those thoughts are really an illusion. It's just a story you created of like, oh, I'm not good enough. I need to prove myself, all of those things. Um, when you really like open your eye to that with compassion, it, you, fill that, you fill that gap. And when you, when you fill that gap, you'll realize you're ready to, to stop the addiction or transition out of it. And just hold that part of you each day is the remedy to no longer crave and let those signals take over you. Uh, but I think also detoxing your physical physical body is a big key because all those toxins can help to acerbate the uh, the addictive signals. It could be sugar from parasites. It could be stress from heavy metals. So cleaning your body is a big part of it. Cleaning from what? Parasites and heavy metals? Heavy, heavy metals mainly? Toxins is you know, a slew of stuff that's going on. Yeah. Have you done mo- many of those in your I life? I have. I've done a lot of crazy stuff. I'm still on the journey. Yeah. What's been the most effective detox you've done? Um it's hard to say. I mean, you know, Iboga is a plant medicine, definitely mm-hmm. detoxed my body and also gave me all these visions. But um, I've done a bunch of, I've done like liver flushes and whole body cleanses and a bunch of IVs and chelation. Uh, so it just depends on your budget and, and start where you're at and just really tune into like what system needs to go first and really, you know, have a professional help you if you can. Right. Um, but it's, I think at this point, like we all need it. Yeah, for sure. Semi consistently. Yeah. Is there, yeah. is there anything you're, what, what work are you doing yourself now? Are you, are, are you at a place now where you kind of like, I've mastered this this body in this realm. I'm trying to just in cruise control now. What are things you're still working through right now? I'm still working through a lot. I mean, I was, you know, autistic and I didn't really have a childhood. You know, I, I, I didn't 
play sports with my friends. I didn't, I wasn't authentic. I, I didn't go on dates. So there's so much that I, I think you're born that way or it kind of was more. No, I was, I, childhood I was a superhero when I was like four years old. I was literally like moving stuff with my mind. And, uh, you know, I had a woman quit smoking when I was four years old. I, I met at a salon, just channeling wisdom. So I was, you know, I was born with amazing gifts. And then, you know, you can guess kind of what happened, you know, that, uh, just shut that down. Like for a lot of people to shut down their gifts and then became autistic. I think, uh, not naturally. Why do you think shutting down your gifts made you autistic? Uh, why, sorry. Well, why do you think sh shutting down your gifts made you autistic? Well, it just went hand in hand because my gifts are my soul. You know, the essence of who I am is being able to feel and tune in and express myself and share the magic. And mm -hmm. as I shut down and with toxins, with trauma, with abuse, then they'll shut down as well. That's interesting. Um, I think it's an important point for people to recognize is, is my experience too. That I've always, I couldn't move stuff with, you know, with, with, uh, my hands, but uh, I've always been, I always had kind of psychicness, intuitive psychicness, very, very sensitive. Yeah. I, I didn't want it to be that way. I had to shut it down. Yeah. It was too much for me. I didn't know how to handle it. And of course, when I was 14, 15 or in college. So I went to drugs to just kind of numb out and partying. Very and, common. Yeah. And um, it's an interesting points that when I trace back my, my addiction, you know, at first it was always like my mom did this, my dad did this, which is true. It's there, but it was more so just like this, this, this repulsion and shutting down of my gifts. That like negating or like ignoring of my gifts made me, I think, mentally deranged. Super and, common. And the more yeah. I kind of honored them and and nurtured them, the more I kind of it expanded. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, you know, when you can see and feel things, and the vast majority of people are literally being gobbled up by negative thoughts and who knows what, right? Uh, it could be really scary as a child and as an adult. And when we're not learned how to deal with it or we're told it's not true the natural thing to do is shut it off to just try to stop it because it's so overwhelming right um so it's being easy on yourself and you know now like i i've i've managed to open it and just be cool with it for the most part but you know what's hard for me is not helping all these people at work i teach big classes and people come on and just share tap tap in right away and tune in and don't take it on anymore i'm fine have a great time but it's really just like the people close to you right that's like you care about them and you can see this stuff, but they're not asking you sometimes or paying you. Mm -hmm. Do you, sometimes you just need to love them and accept it. But sometimes, you know, I, I could see the future and it's like, oh, okay, you're, watch out, stop, you know, stop taking drugs. This is going to happen or, you know. How's, uh, that, how's that been with family? Uh, that's, a, that's the toughest for me. So I have the same thing. hundred percent. Yeah. Family, just the number one thing you can't really change. It's, it's really just the practice of unconditional love, realizing that they're not really victims. It's like, at the end of the day, like they have free will and, and they need to learn their lesson in their own way and time. Yeah. And it's tough because you could say that and you still feel it. Right. And so it's finding the balance between like being really authentic and the more you can do it, like in a neutral way where you're like inviting them and saying like, I feel this and I just, cause I care, um, without trying to push or attach to them changing, which they can make a defense mechanism out of. That's really the sweet spot where you can learn to Jedi your way into their heart without the ego right because if there's even a little bit of the ego then their ego is going to block it so it's really just you know what's the sign of the ego coming up in that experience it's attachment it's it's needing them to be someone else needing them to listen to you okay. to to agree with you to make a change to make a change at a certain time all of that is your attachment even though if it's coming you could say it's coming from a good place the ego doesn't mean it's bad it just means it's coming from your human self as opposed to seeing a divine perspective that you know they're an infinite soul They've had to learn lessons 
in a very hard way sometimes it's like you you have in the past right mm -hmm. and so when you really don't when you take responsibility for that part and really dissolve it and express and alchemize it before you express things you create a delivery system that can bypass their yeah. ego and, i had that lesson yeah. beaten down in me i think since i was about 14 for some reason i was hard on my mom i was like you know stop eating this stop thinking that do this yeah. work do the somatic work never yeah. did it but she ended up dying you know a year ago so it was like of course i, I was saying that but the lesson was that when i think weeks before she was dying i knew i was like you're, you're, i didn't tell her you're gonna die in a couple of weeks do these things she didn't want to do them yeah the hardest lesson for me was like okay if i can't like save my person i love the most from death because that's her experience like i can't i can't really do anything you know i, mm -hmm. I can do my best and, and love and speak that language but ultimately everyone has their own karmic experience of this reality even if that's death I can't, I can't, you know, step in and be God. Mm. And that, that was, the, since then I've been a lot better. Having that experience was like, I can't, you know, I can't save anyone really. Um, I can, as you said, I can be loving and, and kind to them, but it's ultimately their, their choice. In, in that it moment. is their choice. It is. And, and like, you know, the more gentle you are with that, because sometimes people just never had gentleness in their life. And that's what they need first to listen to basic advice. Cause they're so hard on themselves, you know, like, I feel like your mom was a bit. Yeah. So, um, I think it's a beautiful lesson where you, you did your best and now like you're sharing it more with so many people that are listening you know so like that's carrying on is that is the beautiful. piece you struggle with the most is this is this knowing people's kind of trajectory and seeing their timeline seeing their points of suffering and not being able to just delete it yeah it's it's still something i struggle with here and there with uh you know close friends people i really care about and it's just a, another practice of me of just not attaching and and like just allowing them to be on their journey but also it's teaching me like how can i communicate better and it's just being more authentic because sometimes I would just repress it or, you know, different things. And sometimes I've just been like, hey, you know what? Like, I need to make a stop here because I see you running off this cliff and I don't want to, you know, have to go through that. And sometimes that that really helps. Yeah. So it's it's learning how to be authentic, too. It's like, you know, it's an upgrade of using your voice because sometimes your voice can, can serve them. It's just doing it the right energy. What I struggle right. with the most in that... I think a lot of people are there right now too is is kind of if you're able to see the agendas of the COVID stuff, all that kind of thing, and people you love are just brainwashed. They just can't they can't believe what you're saying. They're stuck in that kind of like TV delusion or mainstream media delusion. That's what I struggle with the most is yeah. is being able to kind of have unconditional love and not want to change their mind and kind of respect them for believing the the illusions. That's yeah. what I struggle with the most in that experience. How have you dealt with that? I'm assuming you've had the same issues. Hundred percent, yeah. You know, I think it's like if you if you do feel called to talk to those people, you got to start kind of like with a child. And before you go into like talking about agendas or whatever you believe, it's really tuning into like getting curious. It's like, okay, you know, what makes you feel this is true? And what are you feeling around this? And do you like feeling this way? And like really just like going really, really slow mm -hmm. to like, do you know what I mean? Uh, I think that's that's really the key is really just helping them look look within and start to to do things if they're open to it. You know, I had someone yeah. on my podcast tell me that when you have someone who's super smart who's like really believes something strongly, it's the same as like a little kid showing you a painting in the sense that like it's like it's just they want to be proven as like this this smart amazing person. So you're yeah. kind of challenging their core. You well, know, it's tied to their wounding. ego, right? Yeah. That's it's uh so to bypass the ego again you got to be like super gentle and, and not come from any ego yourself yeah so it's it's really you could see it as a perfect like uh lesson or gym gym training to to purify yourself because you care about them 
It's like, here, here's my training. Let's put it to work. How can I be 100% aligned and, and my heart open without attaching myself? And I think that's what can create the highest capacity for miracles. What's been your core teaching in this human experience? Like in, uh, in your own lessons, like in your own journey, what's been the core kind of message you think you've been taught in this lifetime? Mm, that's a great question. Let me see. Yeah, I think it's really just uh, decisiveness. There's been so many times where like I tried for years to manifest something or heal something. And then I finally was like, okay, I'm done. Like, And sometimes I got angry. And then all of a sudden, like it just manifested like that. And, and, you know, what you're taught about anger is it's bad or it's not spiritual, but it's like sometimes you need to release the anger to really respect yourself or to move from an even lower vibration, like apathy or resentment or shame. And so, you know, realizing that you can, you can claim and create anything you want, especially like in your own life, um, has, and, and I use that for other people when I like claim, their healing, you know, they, they experience miracles because then they agree to that. So it's really just realizing that you can, you can do that. And that's what they teach in the ancient scriptures, um, that we, that we create reality, um, and balancing that with the humility of like tuning in and doing it from the right place, right. Is the sweet spot. Do you think any, any human being can create the reality? hundred percent. Well, even if they're, which they're already creating the reality. That's the thing. It's just that most people, they're not awake enough so their subconscious is primarily the one that's creating things even though they don't really like it yeah. and it sucks so you believe yeah. you, can, you can kind of evolve out of your own karma and well yeah you can i mean you can some people they take like 5-meo dmt and they can clear a bunch of their karma in a few minutes you know some people need to integrate that more but the, the way it works is like your karma is stuck to your identity and even if it's from past lives if you disidentify if you realize like oh this isn't real now I don't have to prove anything and sacrifice myself over and over. Once you learn the lesson, you clear the karma. So karma is not a punishment where it's like, I got to just have a shitty life for another 20 lifetimes to clear this karma. You know, what some people think it's like, no, it's just, it's just a reflection to show you something within so you can free yourself of it. So there's fast ways, there's slow ways, but it's really just realizing that all of that, it's, it's based off a of false identity. It's a lower level of consciousness that when you wake up to, that you you free yourself from. So that's interesting. You think the purpose of karma is that same as like the <clears throat> the dark that informs your your light and informs your kind of heroic. Yeah, and journey. you learn you learn from it for a time, but it's not it's not graduate school. You know, it's like you don't always have to learn from karma. You don't have to always create karma and then clear it and and all those things. And it's just based off staying awake, where you're not judging yourself, where you're not doing things outside the universal laws. You learn the universal laws and and then you align with them, right? And then you learn how to clear the, the karma that's already the, at the deepest imprint. What, what are the universal laws? Yeah. So, I mean, I go deep into this in my school. We go through all of this. But basically, uh, yeah, there's there's some, you know, big ones and then there's some subsidiary laws. Do the big uh, ones. Do the big ones. Yeah, let's see. So, you know, one of, one of them is just, you know, the law of cause and effect, right? So, what what you put out, you get back. So, like with manifestation, like, if you really put a lot of energy into manifesting a partner, but you don't feel good enough, then you know you're gonna you're gonna manifest someone eventually that is gonna prove that right to you because you planted that seed. So it's all about the the energy and the perspective in which you you plant something, right? Um, there's a lot of ones about like the law of vibration. Like you know, one cool thing is people are like 
feel triggered, like you said, like happens for hours. How do I clear it? If you have an ice cube and you put like boiling water over it, the ice cube is going to melt, right? Because the water is a higher vibration. So let's say you're feeling a trigger right now. You feel frozen. What if you focused on the version of you that is just like fully in love with yourself, right? Or that scene from the future, which you saw on DMT, and you just breathe it into that spot for like a minute or two and like keep feeling it and keep your focus there. Even if you're feeling like you're going to see it's very rapidly going to shift and raise the vibration if you just keep your focus on it and feel it. And so, so the law of, you know, part of the law of vibration is, you know, if there's two vibrations in the same place, the higher vibration is always going to win. So it's learning how to use metaphysics to rapidly, you, oh, you know, it's like you're driving your spaceship, like, oh, this is happening. This block's happening to navigate your spaceship through time and space. Um, and then realizing that space and time are just a construct too, right? And that you're this eternal spirit. And, you know, that's part of awakening is realizing that you're this infinite awareness and you can change the past. You can change the, the future timeline and you can alchemize whatever is in this moment because it's all an agreement. It's all something you've already chosen to create and that you can shift it because quantum physics says, you know, you change your perspective, it changes physics, right? So it's just, there's so much to go into, but that's, that's a few breadcrumbs there. No, it's definitely some juicy ones. So I'm going to end with this question because I think you'll have a good answer. It's a basic one, but I'm curious your take on it. Why do you think we come here? Yeah, I, I believe we come here to learn that this is a school and we come here multiple times so that we can really uh, master, you know, the lessons that we're here to do, whether it's courage or humility, you know, love, taking taking risks, following our intuition, doing things for others outside of ourselves, right? So there's all these qualities of uh, enlightenment and beyond. And I feel like this is the playground where we get to practice and take risks and then it seems like the most intense things happen, but then you like wake up again and you get another shot. And, you know, the thing to remember is that we can never die, that we're these eternal spirits. We're part of the one. Also, what's, yeah. explain this as if I'm a, in kindergarten. Okay. What is this reality? So this reality is a playground where you get to play and learn the rules of this video game. And you'll never be able to really lose or die. You'll just start over. And the more you trust inside, you'll realize you have all the answers within. And the more you realize that whatever happens outside, they're just lessons for you and they don't have to ruin your day. They're just there to teach you that you have everything you need inside. The more you're going to advance in this video game and the better life's going to get. That's a good answer. <laughs> do you do you believe in, in kind of multiple realities and, and dimensions have you gone into that kind of stuff as well yeah so we exist and like I don't, are I, I don't understand that's one thing I, yeah, i'm still so, stupid on i don't, I don't get it oh no, you're not stupid in it yeah. it's just you know we're taught that we're in linear time but imagine that we're in vertical time so what that means is you're in this present moment right now but you have like a stack of all these different timelines and dimensions where you can quickly just shift right now to like choose this and it's just like changing the radio dial frequency it's like i'm going to tune in to this timeline and if you once you learn how to tap into it you just decide and then you can download that frequency inside of you that's what i teach to do and oftentimes there's just blocks or insecurities in the way it's like you know things come up and you need to what but do you like mean once, by the timelines like just various yeah it's basically you take like what, what are these it's, like? it's the quantum realm of possibilities okay. so you know even you know for example like here's an extreme case is uh in uh you know the mazatec uh, 
tribe. There's some shamans in, in Mexico that take salvia uh, brew and they can go into, like, let's say they need to fix a car and they've never fixed a car. They can download the parallel self of them who's a mechanic. And all of a sudden they'll be able to fix the car. They'll have the entire knowledge of fixing a car. So you don't need uh, medicine to do that. You can learn to do it, you know, without it. And that's, you know, uh, there's, so there's a lot, you know, for example, one time I was giving a talk and then I sprained my ankle. It was like excruciating. I, I had to have someone help me walk and I've never done that before. I was like, how long does this take to heal? It's like, oh, it's probably gonna take like six weeks. And I just refused. I was like, no, I, I want it to take like uh, 30 minutes. <laughs> and I just decided though, I just, I didn't know how, but I was just like, I refused that timeline. I'm choosing a new timeline. And then a voice said, go to this fire pit, sit over there. And then a few minutes later, this NASA astronaut walked by. All of a sudden, like she stopped. She was so busy, like, you know, didn't want to. And then like, she just stopped. There was like this force field and looked at me and then sat down right next to me, saw that my ankle was sprained, put on this space age healing device bracelet on my ankle in 10 minutes, fully healed it. Then went on a run, completely pain-free, completely healed it quantumly. It's all energy. It's energy package. That's what she said. And so because I chose I mean, that. I have broken yeah. ankles. So I need, I need that yeah, we need to find that astronaut again. Yeah, I think she's in Nor NorCal. There's a lab there. Um, Jesus. <laughs> yeah, so crazy. it's all there. It's just knowing that you can is the first step. And yeah. then learning and then, how to use your vibration. In that moment, you fully believe. I think you fully believe it'll heal in 30 minutes. I, it's beyond belief because it's, it's knowing. You know, okay. the knowing is just like, because I know that I... I just know that it's possible and I'm choosing it and I'm claiming it. Right. So once you, you know, and it's, you, you build confidence once you do these things, you know, just like you learn how to throw a golf ball, you know, so far away with the wind, it sounds impossible. But then like after a few years, you're like, you're golfing crazy shots. It's like, just like anything, you know, you, you practice, you learn the technique and then you realize, oh, I can do this for big things and small things. You know, a few times I've done it, say if I was like, I'm about to die or like, I don't know what's going to happen. And then like, and within a minute, like everything just changed. I just did this technique. What are some more examples of that? I'm just, that was insane. So I'm just curious. curious yeah. about that we were just going to claim something like that. And it just, things have popped up. Uh, another, you know, and I, and I experiment with this. So this is one where I decided to download like an actual archetype. I was inspired by this uh, TV show. Mm. And this is like, you know, someone on the show that has a lot of qualities. I don't feel like I embody yet. So I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. And it was, it's a very wealthy person from the Renaissance based in Italy. What was the show? The Medici. I haven't seen that. Netflix. So, and I, I, I put like a, a screen. So I was like, I don't want to take any weird Hollywood energy. Like, I just want like the, the pure good qualities. I'm going to just absorb. And I was at, I was literally at a party, you know, Garen, Garen, yeah. I was like a hundred people at his house. For some reason I was bored. I'm like, I'm just going to do a little, little magic right now and see what happens. So I did that. And this was a period too, where I was, I just moved to Austin and like, I went through like some, just a bunch of stuff happened. And so like, I was like pretty low on money and I was kind of burnt out. I didn't know where I was going to live. I was literally just like, kind of like rolling around. And then, uh, so I downloaded that. And then a minute later, like this couple looked at me and my friends are like, what did you just do? Like, you look way more attractive and masculine and like all this stuff. I was like, how, how did you do that? Like, how can we do that? Let's say, you know, yeah. it happens all the time. I think to many yeah. men too, like you watch, you know, James Bond, right? I'll watch yeah. James Bond and be like, "Damn, I want to be present like James Bond," yeah. or like, "I want to be, you know, like <laughs> have, you know, attractiveness like James Bond." How would you? If yeah. I, if I do that, if I, be, I want to be present like James Bond, how, well, how to do that? It's learning how to download and absorb energy okay. in a in a safe way, and then learning to hold it. Because if you just take it for a minute and then you lose it, it's not really going to do much, right? And so that that requires some training. But essentially, you know, 
doing that, uh, within three days, I manifested the craziest house on like 100 acres to myself. And I manifested a full expense paid trip, business class flight to uh, Italy, to the exact town where the character is from. And that's where I, I got offered to be the wizard for, you know, let's just say one of the richest people in the world for his uh, birthday party. And so, uh, and then there was even people I met with the names of people in the character. So it's like so much happened. I was like, whoa, this is kind of freaky. How did you, did you download it? How did you so, you, you know, you want to do it in a safe way. Like if, if you're watching and trying it out, first of all, you know, you just want to make sure you're, you're downloading just the good parts and, you, you know, make sure like you feel hundred percent confident in that before you try this. But you, you know, you're, you learn to merge with anything, you know, it's just like downloading, you know, love, you know, feel like, okay, start by focusing on equality, uh, and then breathe it into your body, start breathing it into your pores, visualize it, feel it going down your whole body. And you're telling yourself like being decisive, like this is, this is me now. This is who I am. Yeah. And sometimes there might be blocks that come up. It's like, oh, but I don't feel good enough. It's like, that's the contrast. It's like, whatever is not aligned with that is going to come up and you can either get overwhelmed with it and become a victim or you can be like, okay, I'm going to write these five things down. I'm going to do a ceremony. I'm going to go through each one. I'm going to get support to, to face them so that I can fully seal in this frequency. And if you do that work and, and, and seal it in and, and, you know, there's daily practices too, then reality has to shift and and reflect in that new way because whatever frequencies you hold is what is reflecting when when i'm assuming a, a, a test in that as let's say you download it in that day you feel like that person you're trying to you know the qualities you're going to call in i'm assuming that two days later you probably face the resistance of it you probably face the opposite of it in yourself that part of yourself kind of getting louder what do you do in that moment let's say for example if i was manifesting presence like james bond and then i was like locked in like you know macho you know suave and then two days later i was all over the place yeah what do you do in that moment to kind of call back in? Is it, is it again, tapping into that frequency, feeling it and, and kind of leveling up in that way? Yeah. The first step is again, just creating that spaciousness where you take a step back and realize, Oh, it's not you that's acting out. It's this old part of yourself. So you see it like a child or whatever and be like, Hey, what do you need? I, you're scared again. Great. Let's go into it. What are you scared about? Right. And then you just have a conversation, you heal it. You can, we, you know, do several different techniques, you know, um, that I teach or that, you know, on your own. And it's just, it's, it's not making it a big deal. It's just realizing, oh, the little kid needs another reminder, right? It's just part of the day. It's like you have a, imagine you have a physical child and three or four times a day, he freaks out a little bit and just needs like, okay, you had a sugar crash or like you need a hug or like we need to play with you for a few minutes. So it's just like, just keeping it super cool. It's like, oh, okay, it's, it's happening right now. Let me go into it, right? Instead of creating like, it's like an avalanche, like, oh no, this is happening. I'm losing it. You're just framing it like, oh, it's just a little reminder. It's part of the process. When you keep it cool like that, when you keep it neutral, then you keep your power. It's a lot easier. Yeah. Hmm. yeah. Well, man, I got to say, you have probably some of the largest array of codes, uh, codes I've seen in a human being. <laughs> so it's I've learned a lot from this. So thank you so much for for coming on and sharing all this for, 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 you, for free. And uh, you too, man. And where can people uh, find more of your work and, and work with you if they want to or get some of your courses and stuff like totally, that? Totally, yeah. Um, my Instagram is Daniel Raphael with the PH and the number one at the end. And then uh, my website's dreamporting.com. So it's like teleporting, but with dream, dreamporting. Amazing. Thank you so yeah. much, man. I appreciate it. It's great meeting you. You too, man. I hope you enjoyed this conversation. Please make sure to subscribe to the podcast as well as rate and review. Thank you for listening.